start running to detect tempo. Detecting tempo. detected. All right, everybody say tempo. Well, why don't we stand on our feet this morning? I know you just sat down, got comfortable. We're going to sit down again and I want you to get ready for what God wants to speak to you. And as we get ready to do that, we're going to open our Bibles to Luke 10, verse 38. We love the Word of God. We think God's Word is better than football. And I know you're excited because football just kicked off. But we love the Word of God. And this is what this story is about. It's a story about tempo. It's a story about a pace for your life. You know, I love how Jesus gives us a pace for our race. He gives us a tempo to live our lives by. He kind of shows us what, what kind of rhythm to have for your life. And I remember when Ashley and I first got married, somebody said, you'll find your rhythm. You'll find your rhythm. Then when we had our first baby, they said, you'll find your rhythm. When we had our second baby, you'll find a new rhythm. And there's always a rhythm for every season. There's a tempo for your life that's going to help set you up for success. So in this story, Luke 10, verse 38, it says that Jesus went to a certain village, and when he got there, he was welcomed by a woman named Martha into her house. And it says that she had a sister named Mary who sat at the feet of Jesus and listened to his word. And Martha was distracted by working and serving, and, and she came to Jesus and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister Mary has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And Jesus says this, Martha, 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 you are so worried and troubled about many things. And he says this, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. And I want to tell you today this, God has a tempo. He has an important way to live your life that's going to set you free from being rushed, being hurried, living busy. Come on, Jesus. He's inviting us into a tempo that is, it's going to be perfect for the season of life you're in. So this morning, you're here on purpose for a purpose. We're going to say our declaration. If you're new to victory, join right along with us. The words are on the screen. Let's say it, victory. One, two, three. I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Thank you, God, for victory. Thank you for joy, peace, and encouragement today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give somebody a high five. Say, get the tempo. Get the tempo. Come on, get the tempo. Life has a tempo. Purpose has a tempo. Purpose has a pace. Come on, somebody. Boom, boom, boom. God wants you to move with a groove. A rhythm for your season. A rhythm for your life. Get in your tempo. Get out of strife. Come on, somebody. 
I'm freestyle rapping up here. You know, before I was a pastor, I was a rapper. And um, I realized I didn't have too much of a career in that. But, you know, the thing I think about when I used to rap and do music was there was a beat, a tempo that set the pace for the song, that set the pace for the rap, that kind of helped set you up a groove to get into. And I remember there was a time when I was in a band and our drummer was figuring out how to set a tempo. And there was a season where he was very busy on his drums and, and, and uh, learning how to mature. In fact, it takes more maturity to be less of a busy drummer and more of a steady drummer. And so let me just show you the difference of a busy drum beat. This is what a busy drum beat sounds like. Give him a big hand. But can you imagine if the entire song sounded like that? Can you imagine if for like 30 minutes it was just and there was no breathing room, there was no rest, there was no steadiness, there was no margin? See, let me just show you what a steady beat sounds like. Give us a steady beat. Come on, that's a good beat right there. Groove with me. Yeah. All right, we got to stop because we could get into that beat for the whole time. But here's the point. Life has a tempo. Your purpose has a tempo. Your season has a pace. And I love that Jesus shows us how to live at a tempo that's going to glorify God. In fact, the title of the message today is The Jesus Tempo. The Jesus tempo. He sets an example of how to work, how to rest, how to live your life free from the rushed, hurried mindset, free from the addiction to being busy. I think it's ironic that this series starts on Labor Day weekend here because we actually have to, as a country, create a holiday to force people to rest from work. Because we as a society are addicted to working. We are addicted to being busy. We are addicted to constantly being on the phone, checking emails, checking tweets, checking text messages. And we've learned how to now do it under the table with just one finger. And you're so good at living busy that you, you've got this almost aim for perfection. But you don't want people to see that you're aiming for perfection. And so you're perfect at looking like everything's perfect. But on the inside, you're exhausted. And you got to hide it because if somebody sees that you're exhausted, they might think that you're failing and exhaustion is a sign of failure until you're afraid to show it. And Jesus invites all those that are exhausted and tired and weary from trying to live at a tempo that's out of sync with his grace. I don't know about you, but sometimes my life feels like a perpetual treadmill. <laughs> and I feel like I'm, con it's like a roller coaster. Like I'm constantly trying to, you know, figure out the pace and it's not working. But the main thing is you look at this and, and you're always on a treadmill. You're constantly trying to stay up with the Joneses, keep up with the people around you at work who are always working and don't have boundaries and don't know how to take time off. And so you feel like you can't get off the treadmill. Anyone ever been there before where you just feel like you got to stay on the treadmill? You got to keep working. You got to keep... And almost embarrassed at times when someone finds out that you took a day off or that you rested because you feel like, maybe I don't deserve it. I feel guilty for resting. And Jesus says, hold on, come here. There's a better tempo than that. There's a better pace 
for your life. See, the definition of tempo is timing. It's all about time. Tempo is about time and how you use it, how you manage it. Most of the problems we have in our life are to do with the time management that we have. Most moral failures happen not because someone doesn't have integrity, but because a lack of time management. Most financial problems that happen are because of time management issues. We get in a rush. We feel like, i got to have that truck. i got to have that, that toy. I've got to uh, have that house. I've got to do this. And so we get in a hurry. In fact, marketers know, people who are in marketing, they know the hour that you're going to spend the most money. It's from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Because you're really tired and you forgot to buy something that day and the anniversary is tomorrow, Christmas is tomorrow, the birthday's tomorrow. So you run to the store and you make an impulsive decision. And you impulsively buy more than you should have bought or you spend more than you should have spent. And there's times in our life where we got to step back and say, am I living too rushed? Am I hurrying through things? Most marriage marriages, including, you know, even in my marriage, I've realized when there's tension, when there's strife, it's because we haven't been managing our time well. When's the last time that you had an unhurried conversation with your spouse? Where you just had a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, after dinner, just to talk. And most, most times, your date nights might turn into management meetings where you're trying to figure out who's going to take the kid here, who's showing up to her game, who's going to take this one to the recital, who's taking this one to grandma's, when are we going to go take care of mom, and all of those things that you're discussing. And even for college students, we get in this mode where we just overcommit to every group and every cause and everything that invites us to be part of it. And we're living busy lives, but the question is, is busy purposeful? Jesus was not busy. He was purposeful. Jesus had a tempo that even had room for interruptions. He had room for relationships. Jesus lived at a tempo that wasn't hurried. It wasn't rushed. He was intentional about his time. He was intentional. In fact, just a few weeks ago during Word Explosion, my wife and I took Pastor Brian Houston out to dinner after he preached here. And and when we sat down to eat, as soon as we got seated at the table and the waiter was about to walk away, I said, excuse me, sir, okay, water, water, Coca-Cola, okay, a couple lemons in your water. Let's go ahead and order our meal. And Pastor Brian's watching me do this. And he goes, I, Paul, I might. I'm really bad at, like, Australian accents. <laughs> I might. Why, why in such a rush? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and he said, I'm in no rush. I'm in no hurry, mate. He said, I'm here to enjoy my time with you. I'm here to enjoy my time with you. He said, let's not rush through this dinner. And he looked over at my wife and he said, is, is he always in a rush? And she was like, preach to him, Pastor Brian. Preach to Paul. Tell him to just slow down. And I wonder if today you just need to hear those two words, slow down. Life is not a sprint, Paul. Life is a marathon. Pace yourself. Parents, pace ourselves. Spouses, let's pace ourselves. College students, let's pace ourselves. All of us in this room, there is a tempo to run your race that is not rushed and hurrying through life. What happens is we hurry through one thing to get to the next thing so we can hurry through that thing. We hurry through one season of singleness so we can get married. And we hurry through being married so we can uh, have kids. And now we hurry through kids growing up so we can get them out of the house. And then we hurry through that season to, I guess, die and go to heaven or to retire and then die and go to... I don't know, but here's the point. 
Slow down. Enjoy your life. Every season is significant. If you're single, enjoy being single. If you're married without children, enjoy being married without children. If you have children in the house, enjoy your children in the house. If your children have moved out of the house and they come back to the house, enjoy it all in Jesus' name. There is a tempo to enjoy every moment of our life. Jesus shows us even just the tempo of resting, taking time to just pull away. In Luke chapter 5, verse 15, it says that the crowds were coming to Jesus. And, and Jesus had just healed a leper. And he had told the leper, don't tell anyone that I just healed you. And the leper tells everybody. And so all the crowds come to Jesus and they're looking for him. We need you, Jesus. We need you to heal us. And the pressures and the demands are growing. Success is building. Jesus had just stepped on the scene for 30 years. He was silent with his life. Now all of a sudden ministry is growing and he's doing ministry and success is growing. And watch what happens when the crowds show up. Verse 16. Yet Jesus would often withdraw into the wilderness and pray. Right when all the pressures were growing, right when all the opportunities were showing up and knocking at his door, it says that Jesus withdrew himself often. Not just one time, but often he would withdraw into the wilderness and pray. Jesus understood the tempo, the tempo. God himself has a tempo. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth in the first day and the second day and the third day and fourth, fifth, sixth day. And on the seventh day, God rested. God showed us a, a week, a tempo for our life. Six days of working and enjoying the work and the seventh day, no work. Just rest. Just time to enjoy what he had created. My question for you today is, are you enjoying your life? Are you taking time to stop and rest and soak in what God's doing in you and around you and for you and through you? Are you powering down so you can power up? You know, Ashley and I, we have this happen to us often where our cell phones are like dying in the morning time after we charge them through the night and then we go out and they're already dying after two or three hours. And so at lunch, we'll literally bring our cell phone and a cord with us and we will plug it into the wall if the restaurant has an outlet near the table. And as soon as you plug it in and, and we'll start trying to use it as it's being charged and and, and what's funny is oftentimes when I'm using the phone as it's being charged, the battery keeps going down and dies on me while it's plugged in. It's like the phone is screaming at me, let me rest, let me rest. Don't use me right now. Let me, re let me rebuild some battery time. And I think a lot of us in this room, that's the same thing with our bodies, with our lives, that we need rest. One of the most spiritual things you can do is rest. One of the most theological things that you can get is rest. Jesus promises healing. He promises us salvation. He promises us the, the Holy Spirit. And did you know he promises you and I rest? It's one of the most overlooked, underutilized things in the body of Christ. We think if we rest, somehow we're either missing out on an opportunity God wants us to have or we're letting God down because we're not working hard enough. But God is just as pleased when you're working as he is when you're resting. He wants you to live at a tempo, a pace, so you can finish your race, so you can finish all the days that he's laid out for you and for me. Have you ever ran out of gas before when you're driving 
and you forgot to fill up, or maybe you were trying to push the tank to the lowest that it could go, and you thought you were going to get to the station, and you didn't get there. Anyone ever been there before? Right? It's, it's embarrassing. It's humiliating. You have to walk down the road or find someone, call someone to come bring you a tank of gas. It's the same thing with our lives. We've got to realize when we're going on E. Two books I'd recommend if you like reading is one book is called Addicted to Busy by uh, Brady Boyd. The other book is called Leading on Empty by Wayne Cordiero. And both books have to do with living a life with a pace and a tempo of grace. Living a life that's not addicted to busyness. Jesus says this in Matthew 11, verse 28. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you exhausted? Come to me. Did you know Christians can get burned out too? We can get burned out. Ministry is work just like business is work. It's not, sometimes I think we get mixed up thinking that one thing is secular and one thing is sacred. It's, it's not what you do that makes your work secular or sacred. It's why you do it. Someone could be doing ministry but just doing it for a paycheck and that's secular. Someone else could be doing business but doing it because they want to glorify God with the gift that he's put inside them and that's sacred. But it's why you do it. And it's so easy to get burned out when you're not resting, when you're not taking pauses and having margin and breathing room in your life to just enjoy the journey. And Jesus says, if you're burned out, if you're exhausted trying to do all of this on your own, if you're exhausted trying to look perfect, he says, come to me. In other words, let me be your source. Whatever you go to when you're most tired, that's the thing that you find is your source. TV pleasure, entertainment, those things are good, but those things aren't your source for rest. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Get away with me. You'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Come on, somebody. He says this. He says, walk with me. In other words, there's a tempo. Walk with me. Work with me. He's not saying you're free from work. He's just saying, let me show you a new way to work. Let me show you a new way to work. He says, watch my tempo. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. He says this. He says, keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly in charge of the Sabbath. Two things I want you to just take away today. Two ways to set your tempo this year. This is the beginning of a school year. You're thinking about your calendar. You're thinking about the fall, the winter, the spring, the summer. Maybe you're already planning some trips. I want to encourage you to plan some rest days this year. Plan some days where you're just going to rest and enjoy God's creation. But two things to set your tempo. Number one, honor the Sabbath. The Sabbath was a word that God instituted in the Old Testament. It actually means a day of rest. Sabbath comes from the God tempo in creation where God worked for six days and then took a day of rest. Sabbath was something he gave to the Israelites after they came out of Egypt to rest. In fact, he also gave them another word called Shemitah. Anyone ever heard of Shemitah before? It's actually every seven years in the agricultural cycle to rest, to enjoy a restful year. In fact, right now in modern Judaism, this is the year of Shemitah. They're coming to the end of it this next week. But it's a time to rest. Jesus was was telling us, and, and even in the New Testament, Jesus said, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. In fact, he said the Sabbath was made for your benefit. It was made so that you and I could enjoy it. It's not about a certain day. It's about what you do with that day. 
It's about resting on that day, honoring God. You, by being at church, you are honoring the Sabbath. But it's not just about going to church. It's also about honoring and enjoying the gift that God has given you, the gift of family, the gift of community, the gift of relationships. Jesus had a tempo where he wasn't constantly healing people, wasn't constantly doing work. He was also living on the lake with his disciples and enjoying rest. He was investing in relationships with others and he was hanging out with his family. And then he would pull away and pray and rest. And he gives us a tempo to live our life. And maybe you're listening to this today and you're saying, Paul, the Jesus tempo, it sounds good. But I work like three jobs a week. I'm a single parent. I've got three kids. I can't even use the bathroom without leaving the door open to make sure my kids aren't destroying something in the house. How am I supposed to live the Jesus tempo? And here's the point of the message today. All of us go through seasons where maybe it's more difficult to rest. All of us do. No one is different than another person in here. But the thing is, is look for the pockets, the moments, the minutes where you can just Breathe in and breathe out the grace of God, the rest of God. So two ways to set your tempo. One, honor the Sabbath. Two, live in the pace of grace. Live in the pace of grace. There is a pace that is graceful. It, it involves you living with a healthy mindset of resting and enjoying the thing that you do, enjoying the time and the people you're with. There is a, uh, a quote I want to give to you from a guy named Rabbi uh, Elijah of Vilna, he said this, God stopped to show us that what we create becomes meaningful to us only once we stop creating it and start to think about why we did so. The implication is clear. We could let the world wind us up and set us to marching like mechanical dolls that go and go until they fall over because they don't have a mechanism that allows them to pause. But that would make us less than human. We have to remember to stop because we have to stop to remember. This Friday is September 11th. It's a day where we stop and we remember what happened on 9-11. We remember the sacrifices of others that helped other people to live. We remember our fallen heroes. We, we also remember that we have a lot of freedoms in this country that don't come free for people who've given their life for us. And in the same way, the scriptures tell us to stop. And just remember that life is precious. Life is valuable. Life is too short to live hurried and rushed, constantly busy, constantly on the phone. God wants us to step into a better tempo. I think there's three reasons why we don't live in a tempo of grace, live in a tempo that allows us to rest. Number one, constantly answering to Pharaoh. See, in the Old Testament, they were constantly answering to Pharaoh. Everywhere they went, they had to answer to Pharaoh. There was, and this was during the time when the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt. And they were working to put the brick and the mortar up. And they were constantly on the treadmill. Constantly trying to keep the pace up. And constantly trying to please Pharaoh. They couldn't go anywhere where they didn't answer to Pharaoh. And today, we don't have a Pharaoh. We have a phone. And we're constantly answering to the phone. The phone has become a god in our country. The phone, because you can take work with you anywhere, now you take it everywhere. And so you take work with you on vacation, and you take work with you on Labor Day, and you take work with you on the free days, and you're constantly checking it. And if it's not work, it's social media, it's Twitter, and Facebook, and Instagram, and Snapchat, and Periscope, and LinkedIn, and everything else now that allows us to stay connected. 
But see, here's what Jesus did. In Mark chapter 1, there's a story of what Jesus did here. Verse 35, while it was still night, way before the dawn, Jesus got up and went to a secluded spot. He went to a sacred space to pray. I want you to think about that for a moment. Are there any more sacred places in your life? Is there any more sacred spots, sacred spaces that you haven't tweeted about, Instagrammed about, Facebooked about, that you don't bring your phone to, that you don't bring your laptop to, that you don't bring your work to, that you actually go there just to be still and know that He is God? Is there any space left in your life where it's just you and God? I'm preaching this because God's helped me to wake up to this. This summer, God laid on my wife's heart to help me get away and just spend a few days in the wilderness just praying where there was no reception for my phone. <laughs> it was so good for me. It was just a detox. Ministry is work. Sometimes we think ministry is a relationship with Jesus, but it's not. Just like a businessman has to put in work, ministers who do ministry, it's work. And I remember my dad telling me that. He said, Paul, when I'm doing ministry, I'm still working. It's only when I pause to just spend time with Jesus or spend time with family that I'm able to really relax and rest and not feel the pressures and the demands of helping people and meeting with people. And for a businessman, it's meeting with clients and getting sales and jumping on those opportunities. And, and when Jesus was the most pressured, he would disconnect. It was like Jesus was secure enough in his own Secure enough in who he was and whose he belonged to, that he was a son of God, that he knew, I can pull away and trust that the crowds will still be there when I come back. I can pull away as a businessman and trust that the business will still be there when I come back. If you feel like you can't leave the business because it's going to fall apart without you, you can't leave the cell phone because the world's going to stop if you don't have your cell phone next to you, something's got to change. Your tempo's got to change. I'm trying to set you free this year. If you'll just get into the Jesus tempo, I'm telling you, it will give you more sleep, more wisdom. David said it like this in Psalm 90, verse 12. He said, teach us to number our days so that we may live in the wisdom of God. If you knew how short your life was, you wouldn't spend all your time on the phone. If you knew how short your life was, you wouldn't be in the office all day. You'd start thinking about my grandma and I were eating lunch this last week. And while we were eating lunch... I had put my phone three feet away from me because I didn't want to answer it while I was hanging out with Grand Grand, but I turned it right side up so that way if it buzzed, I would see the brightness of the screen and know that someone was trying to get a hold of me. And so I had it over there and I could see it buzzing. I was looking at it, but I was like, no, I'm going to be present with my grandma. And you know what? I learned a great lesson. For one, anytime you're with Grand Grand, it's a great time. But she said this to me. She said, Paul, and we, she didn't even know I was going to preach on this sermon. She said, Paul, I think... Our culture needs to understand the difference between urgent and important. Not everything that's urgent is important. There's always going to be urgent things that are grabbing for your attention, vying for your time, demanding pressure, pressure, pressure. you got to answer this now. you got to do this now. But is it really important in light of eternity? Is it really important? Can it wait so that you can look your spouse in the eyes and have an unrushed conversation? So that you can look your child in the eyes and enjoy your life 
so that you can get outside and go for a jog and pray without your cell phone next to you. These days, this is crazy. Did you know now they put Wi-Fi in cars? I think that's insane. <laughs> because now it's like everywhere we go, we can be connected to the Internet. We can have access to Netflix and Facebook and all these things, and, 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 and you feel like you've got to have that in order to breathe, in order to live. But I'm telling you, when you have a moment away from that, it's refreshing. It's refreshing. It's refreshing for the people around you who don't see you glued to it, too. Jesus was able to disconnect. And watch what happens in Mark 1, verse 36. When he pulls away and has this time with God in the wilderness... People came looking for him. You ever feel like people are looking for you when you don't have your phone on you? They're like, I know somebody's trying to get a hold of me right now. And it says that when they came looking for him, verse 37, they found Jesus and they said, everybody's been trying to get a hold of you, Jesus. Everybody's been texting and emailing and calling and tweeting you and you haven't answered. And I love what Jesus responds to. He says, let's go. He doesn't even answer where he's been or why they couldn't get a hold of him. He says, let's go to the rest of the villages so I can preach there because this is why I've come. In fact, Jesus, oh, this is so good. Jesus discovered his why while he got away to rest. You're going to get inspiration for the purpose of which you are here on this earth when you disconnect from your phone. Divine direction comes from digital disconnection. Come on, somebody. Only when you digitally disconnect do you actually receive divine connection, divine re revelation, divine uh, uh, direction for your life. you got to pull away from all the demands and connections and say, God, speak to me. And so you do that through your Sabbath. The second reason why I think a lot of people uh, don't take time to rest and don't take time to Sabbath or live in the pace of grace is because they have a misunderstanding of God. We think that God's not happy unless we're on the treadmill. We think God's not happy unless we are, you know, doing the work that he's called us to do. And so we've got to get on the treadmill. We've got to get it going. And God's only happy if I'm on this and I'm doing this. And if I'm working here, and I've got to speed up the tempo to please God or else he won't give me favor. And my favor only comes when I'm working, when I'm going at a tempo that he's happy with. And God says, step off the treadmill. Because we think... That we're going to miss God's approval on our life if we take a rest. And you know what? God instituted rest. I think there's been a misunderstanding of God and, and life. God is happy when you rest, when you take time to pace your life, to disconnect, to just enjoy the journey, enjoy the ride. Today, teenagers are losing sleep Losing REM, rapid eye movement, because they're conditioned to constantly be listening to the phone. And I think sometimes we're listening to the phone because sometimes we think our importance and our value comes from how many people are texting us. How many notifications we're getting through social media. And if we're getting more and more likes, then we're more and more pleased in God's eyes. We're more and more valuable and important in people's minds. And, and it's sad because we're losing sleep from that. And we need to be able to just trust that God loves us even when we sleep, even when we rest. Even you didn't come in this morning convicted for the naps that you took this week. You came in this morning thankful because you live a busy life. We live busy lives. And I, I think God wants us to pull away. In fact, Jesus told to Martha, he said, Martha, Martha, Mary has discovered the one thing that's necessary. Martha, 
You're in this, this mode where you feel like you got to work to earn my approval. Work. And he's not saying that good works are bad. Good works are great. But not at the expense of never having a rest. Not at the expense of you thinking that unless you're doing good works, you're not pleasing God. God enjoys it when his children enjoy his creation. He enjoys it. Jesus had a tempo. Ban, I want you to come up. I said, get ready to close. Religious people say, if I'm really good and do lots of good and good works, I will finally get to rest in heaven. <laughs> and Jesus says, step off the religious treadmill. Get into the tempo. Get into the Jesus tempo. There's a tempo for your life. I know I'm repeating myself a lot because I want you to just get this drill down in your heart. I'm almost done, but hear what I'm about to say. The third thing, and probably the most important thing, the underlying issue behind all of the reasons why we don't rest, I think it's because we have a misplaced identity. We feel like our identity and self-worth is connected to our work. If I work more and perform better, people will like me more, my approval ratings will go up, more people that clap for me, the more clients that I have, the more valuable that I am. And we think somehow that our worth is connected to our, our performance. Our identity is connected to our work. If I look perfect and I do things perfect and I'm able to do it in a way where people don't even knew that I had, know that I actually worked to make it happen, that I'm valuable and important. And Jesus says, hold on. There's a better tempo. There's a better rhythm for your marriage. There's a better rhythm for your family. There's a better rhythm for your life. You are not your job. The problem is we've, we've allowed our J-O-B to become our G-O-D. We've allowed our job to take the place of God in our life. We feel like we can't walk away from something. We feel like we can't take a break from it because if we do, I'm so needed. I'm so necessary, Paul. People got to get a hold of me. People had to get a hold of Jesus too, and he stepped away. If the Savior of the world is able to step away from his work, I think you can step away from your work. Drop the mic. I'm telling you guys, fathers, mothers, college students, single parents, I want to give you a quote on this thought real quick. We don't rest from our responsibilities. Here, let me say it like this. We are not forsaking our responsibilities when we rest. It is for the sake of our responsibilities that we rest. We don't, we are not forsaking our responsibilities when we rest. It is for the sake of our responsibilities that we rest. Rest well so you can work well. Rest today so you can get back with more energy. I've sat in the bedrooms of a lot of people who've gone on to be with the Lord. I've sat in the hospital rooms, in the dying breaths of young and old people. When I was a young adult pastor, I, I did several funerals, more than I, I should have. Since stepping into this role, and even before stepping into this role, many times I would be in a hospital room when someone was passing. You know the words they didn't say? And I think in saying this, I'm honoring them because they would want you to hear this. This would be a warning from those people to you. They didn't say, man, I wish I would have spent more time in my office. Oh, I wish I would have been on my phone just a few more hours. Wish I would have been checking more emails and staying up late on the computer. You know what they said in their dying breaths? 
I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I wish I would have looked at my kids more. I wish I would have looked at my mom and told her I loved her. I wish I would have spent more time with my spouse. We live in a nation that idolizes jobs and work and cell phones and staying connected. We've taught ourselves how to listen to the alert of a cell phone better than we've taught ourselves to listen to the voice of God. We've taught our kids how to listen for the vibration of the cell phone right by their bed rather than to listen like Samuel in the deepness of the night for the voice of God. This message could set you free. You say, how do I do it, Paul? What does it look like? What does it look like to live in a Jesus tempo? I think it starts with looking for the pockets in your week. You will find them, moments, if you're looking for them, moments where you can just rest. Moments where you can close your eyes and just pray and thank God, living with that that lookout where you're saying, okay, God, help me to find the rhythms of grace. Help me to find the moments where I can pause and just say thank you. When you're out to eat, and for Ashley and I, I realized the reason why I was rushing through my dinner with Pastor Brian, it's because when we go eat with our babies, I have a small window before our babies go crazy in the place and and where they're throwing food all over the, the room and screaming and people are looking at us like, will you leave now? And so... We have to rush through dinner. I'm constantly, when we go in to eat somewhere, I'm constantly, now we don't get to go and eat as much. We got to get food to go or bring food home, do something different. But I think about how all of us, we need to learn to just stop living so rushed, so hurried. To take that lesson from Martha. There's actually, therapists have actually said that there is a work martyr complex going on these days where people brag about how much they work. Did you know right now this year, I'm going to end with this thought. Right now, over 300 million paid vacation days will not be used in 2015. 300 million paid vacation days will not be used this year. Your company is paying you to take a day off. And there's people who are bragging. In fact, I heard a story about this one guy who told his employer, I haven't taken a day off in four years. And look at me. And we're like, yeah, we can tell. And maybe, maybe people in your family are kind of glad you don't come on the vacation because you're constantly wanting to go back to work, constantly checking your phone. But honestly, I, I think your family wishes you were on vacation. I do. I, I don't think that they're glad you didn't come. I think they're just wishing, I just wish daddy would come with us on a day off. I just wish mommy would put her phone down and just take a day to just enjoy life. I just wish our children, teenagers, college students, realize what's valuable, what's important. It's not what's on your phone all the time. Sometimes it's what's right in front of you. I want us to stand to our feet all over this place. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days. 
Lord, teach us to honor the Sabbath. Teach us, God, to live with a pace of grace, to just carve moments out in our week where we put the phone in another room, where we put it on airplane mode, we turn it off, and we just enjoy the journey. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Come to me, Jesus says. Come to me and I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. There it is right there. He's going to give you grace this week. He's going to give you rest this week. He's going to show you moments in your calendar where you can just pause and enjoy the journey. Take a Selah moment and just enjoy the creation. Pray, pull away, read the word, listen to it on your phone, listen to the Bible. Take time to just be with God. Take time to just enjoy what God's given you. I remember one day I was so exhausted, so tired. I was worn out just trying to keep up trying to perform and I was on the treadmill of perfection and performancism and I went up to my father's office it was here in the church and I knocked on the door and he was in a meeting with a bunch of people in suits the door opened up and I saw all the guys in suits and I walked away because I was totally not dressed for that and I was interrupting something important and I started walking down the hallway and I heard these steps walking down the hallway following behind me and this hand hit my back. He said, Polly, what do you need? And it was my dad. I said, Dad, you're busy. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. And he said, I have time for interruptions. Do you have time for the right interruptions? And he said, Paul, what can I do for you? I said, Dad, I'm exhausted. I'm just tired. I don't know what to do. At the time, I wasn't sure where I was going to go after high school. I was 18 and I hadn't figured out the next step and I was worried and I was rushed and hurried and dad just said, just come on. And he just hugged me. I just cried in his arms and I felt the rest that comes from a relationship. And I want you to know today, daddy God is just saying, come and find rest. Come and find rest. Come and find grace. Come and find peace from the rushed, busy life that you live.